In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake, forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Rain down, you heavens, from above, and let the skies pour down righteousness. Let the earth open, let them bring forth salvation, and let righteousness spring up to has gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. Its rising is from one end of heaven, and its circuit to the other end, and there is nothing hidden from its heat.
down, you heavens from above, and let the skies pour down righteousness. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Stir up your power, O Lord, and come and help us by your might that the sins which weigh us down may be quickly lifted by your grace and mercy. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Old Testament reading for the fourth Sunday of Advent, Rorate Cheli, is from Deuteronomy chapter 18. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your midst, from your brethren. Him you shall hear. According to all you desired of the Lord your God in Horeb in the day of the assembly, saying, let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, nor let me see this great fire any more, lest I die. And the Lord said to me, What they have spoken is good. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brethren, and will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And it shall be that whoever will not hear my words, which he speaks in my name, I will require it of him. This is the word of the Lord.
The epistle is from Philippians chapter 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. Luke, the first chapter. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, The babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name, and his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her house. This is the gospel of the Lord.
the Spirit and the Church cry out. Come, Lord Jesus. All those who await his appearance pray. Come, Lord Jesus. The whole creation pleads. Come, Lord Jesus. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. She spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. This is the word of the Lord. The prophet greater than Moses has come. And by his incarnation, suffering and death, he stands in the breach between the judgment of the law and us sinners. And by a word, he forgives, not on the basis of our merits, but on the basis of his humiliation, suffering, and death for us. No wonder the Apostle Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. There is so much joy and rejoicing in this this fourth Sunday in Advent that one wonders why there are not two pink candles on the Advent wreath. The joy of life. That is what Mary and Elizabeth experienced as mothers and as believers in Christ. I have witnessed this joy many times. When a husband and a wife come together in love and a child is conceived, it is a time so often of inexpressible joy. When the baby is born, there is rejoicing. Time and time again, it is a miracle. And of course, they're right. A miracle of life. A miracle of God's grace. God's gift. It is a tragedy that our world demeans the unique gift from God of being a woman. Or of being a man. And the institution of holy matrimony as God ordained it for a man and a woman to come together in one flesh for the procreation of children and the giving and receiving of love. There are no higher callings in this life. Mary and Elizabeth did not reject or fight against their calling. Zacharias could not give birth to John. Joseph could not have given birth to Jesus. Only Elizabeth and Mary were gifted for such a high honor. And they embraced it with the joy of faith that what God gave them was good and that what God called them to do as mothers was a blessing. They were right. Elizabeth was the wife of a priest. She and Zacharias are described as 
faithful believers by St. Luke, justified by faith, devout, and righteous. But they had no children. Elizabeth was barren. That was sad. But it was no sign that God had rejected her, as so many believed. Remember that about your own life. If you are happily married, it is a gift. If you have children, it is a blessing. But if you are not married, or you have been unable to conceive, do not despair. It does not mean that God has rejected you. It simply means that he has another plan. In the case of Zechariah and Elizabeth, God's plan was a surprise. They never would have believed or even imagined at their age and given the barrenness of Elizabeth. In fact, Zechariah couldn't believe it. But his doubts when the angel Gabriel announced to him that he and Elizabeth would be the parents of John, his doubts did not change God's plan for him and Elizabeth. What a wonderful comfort that is for you and for me when we doubt or when we wonder about God's plan for our lives. Never despair. God promises to work in all things for your good. The angel Gabriel had announced to Zechariah that they would be the parents of the prophet who would prepare the way for Christ's coming according to numerous Old Testament predictions. When Mary visited her cousin at the time of today's gospel, she was now six months pregnant with John. It was a miracle for a barren woman to become pregnant. But the reality is that the conception of life in the womb of a woman is always a miracle. It's not some natural thing. It is God who gives life. And it is always a gift that no husband and no wife deserve. No one can say, I am entitled to these children. Oh, no. Children are a gift. Elizabeth was deeply aware of God's grace for her. I have no right to be a mother, but God has gifted me with conception. I have no right to be part of God's plan of salvation, but I am carrying the prophet who will prepare the way for the Lord's coming. I have no rights I have no entitlements, but now the mother of my Lord has come to me, a lowly Judean woman who had been barren and is now pregnant, a sinner like me. Why? Why would the Lord choose me? Who am I? I'm a nobody. Perhaps you have felt the same way in your life. But isn't this what the Lord does for each one of us in the call of the gospel? 
We have no rights, we have no claim to God's blessing based on our own merits, but he comes to us. He blesses us. He calls us to faith. He forgives our sins. And he gives us grace to be faithful. To be faithful in whatever calling we have received from God. Thanks be to God. When Gabriel came to Mary, she was the young wife of a man named Joseph of the house of David. She was a virgin. What a blessing. It's a blessing to be a virgin. She was a woman of faith in the Lord. He had forgiven her sin. This is why she is pure. She was a descendant of King David together with her husband Joseph. God had gifted her with the healthy body of a woman who could carry a child, give birth, and nurse him from her breasts. What a blessing. Joseph could not have done any of those things. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who is called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. And Mary said, Let be to me according to your word. It is as if she were saying, Amen. What God ordains is always good. And the word of Gabriel to her at the Annunciation, whereby the Son of God was conceived by the Spirit in her womb, rested upon the foundation of the Old Testament promises, the seed of the woman who would crush the serpent's head and the virgin who would give birth to Emmanuel. So Mary, hearing the angel Gabriel's word, immediately went to her cousin Elizabeth. They had a lot to celebrate. They were both pregnant. The account of the visitation is one of exuberant joy, not only for these two moms, but also for the child in Elizabeth's womb. John the Baptist himself at six months gestation. Mary's Magnificat was the song of faith and joy that inspired the Holy Spirit and that caused both Elizabeth and John to leap for joy. Luke, in his narrative, places the Magnificat at the end of the narrative, not because that's where it occurred, but so as not to interrupt the flow of the narrative. But the greeting of Elizabeth, of Mary to Elizabeth, was not simply, hello, but when the door flings wide open and she sees her cousin six months pregnant, she is overcome by the Spirit of God and confesses the faith, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. It is that greeting of, a, of Mary in the Magnificat that filled Elizabeth and John with the Holy Spirit. And Elizabeth prophesies 
And John leaps for joy. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And she was right. But why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. What a blessing. Infant faith. Infant joy. You see, the incarnation of the Son of God in human flesh means that life is holy and sacred. Though corrupted by the fall into sin and the passing on of original sin, it is nonetheless sacred and holy from the moment of conception until the time of natural death. This is the world that I want to be a part of. Don't you? A world where men rejoice to be men, made in the image and likeness of God, where women rejoice to be women, vice regents with their men, and those who are given the privilege to bring life into this world and to care for that life. It is the greatest picture of what it means to be made in the image and likeness of the triune God of love. It is the life and the flesh that the Son of God in his incarnation came to redeem. Not to destroy, but to redeem. These women rejoice to be moms. What a great gift. They both rejoice to be women, to be wives, and to be mothers. How politically incorrect and how magnificently delightful. And they also rejoice to be part of God's plan of salvation for the whole world. And when he calls you to faith in his son, and when you live according to his word in whatever life God has given you, your own life is part of God's plan of salvation as it bears witness to him, to those who do not know the love of God in Christ. They rejoiced in that plan. But make no mistake about it. Mary and Elizabeth knew that their life would not be easy. They were not looking through rose-colored glasses. They were comforted by knowing that what God called them to do was right and that he would give them the courage and the strength to embrace it. What a blessing. We learn much from the pattern and example of Mary and Elizabeth in what God's gift and grace had done for them. What we see in Mary and Elizabeth is the joy of God's calling to faith in Christ. And that's always what Christian vocation is about. Not chiefly the work or chiefly the office, but chiefly whatever the work is and whatever the office is to live by faith in the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. This is how you and I should see our calling, no matter who we are. Mary and Elizabeth embraced their calling. It was a call to believe in Christ in the unique life with which God had gifted them. When we are called to faith in Christ, 
We are called to faith in him as boys and girls, as men and women, as husbands and wives, as sometimes unmarried or widowed. We are not called to throw off the identity we have been given, but rather to embrace it and to confess what God ordains is always good. We are called to believe that God's word and what it says about us and what he has called us to do is the place of true fulfillment. And so Jesus says, whoever comes after me, let him take up his cross and follow me in our station, in our calling, with faith in the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us, which is always the cause for rejoicing. The joy of God's call to believe in his Son, to embrace the baby in the manger, is to believe that his incarnation has embraced and sanctified your life and made it holy. In the case of Mary and Elizabeth, their joy at God's call to be the mother of God and the mother of the forerunner of Christ was on the one hand unique, but on the other hand, it is parallel to how God comes to us, calls us to faith, forgives us, gives us the strength to be faithful in our calling as Christians. It is the joy that comes from receiving the Lord Jesus and living in him. No wonder we join in the song of Mary, my soul magnifies the Lord, for he who is mighty has done great things for me. And no wonder St. Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say, rejoice. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. Let us confess the faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the Church, preparing to celebrate the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ, that, remembering John the Forerunner's preaching, 
of the baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, we too may die to sin and rise to new life. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all pastors who, like John the Baptist, cry out with the word of truth in the wilderness of this fallen world, that they would be preserved in their labors, and that God would send workers into his vineyard and bring forth a bountiful harvest. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the preservation of the faith of every baptized Christian, especially Mark Schneider, Magdalena Gelbach, Angie Clark, Lee Noyar and Eunice Noyar, David Steinhild, and Andrew Schneider celebrating their baptisms, and a return to repentance for those who have wandered from the faith. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For peace in all homes, for the preservation of God's institution of marriage in our land, for Paul and Judith Wehrman celebrating a wedding anniversary, that our Heavenly Father, who revealed Jesus' identity and Mary's fidelity to Joseph, would richly preserve all families with his word and grace to live in love for one another. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the schools of the church, especially Peace Lutheran Academy, that our young people may be taught to delight and treasure the word of God above all riches, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For our republic in its need, that abandoning all anxiety, we would instead, by prayer and thanksgiving, make our requests known to God. For the authorities, that God would give wisdom, health, and success to those who govern us, and for peace in our time. Even as we rest confident in the peace of Christ, which passes all understanding, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who live under the cross, for the hopeless, that God would give them patience and hope, and for the sick in body, mind, or spirit, especially Reverend Willie, Reverend Beringer, Jean Royce, Gabby Hartwig, and Michael, that God would heal them. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the dying and for those who mourn, especially Sue and Karen in hospice care and the grieving family of Lyle Woolen, that he, would draw, that he would draw near, hold them in the arms of his love and defend them against the final assaults of the evil one. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who receive Christ's holy body and precious blood today, that they may eat and drink it in repentance and faith and in the unity of a true confession, and for a love and desire for the blessed sacrament this Christmas. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. O God, you make us glad with the yearly remembrance of the birth of your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. Grant that as we joyfully receive him as our Redeemer, we may with sure confidence behold him when he comes to be our judge, through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever.
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. For by the Holy Spirit, your only begotten Son was conceived in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary and brought forth in the substance of our human flesh, that we might partake of his divine nature. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Blessed are you, Lord of heaven and earth, for you have had mercy on those whom you created and sent your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive. Renew and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood, as he bids us do in his own testament. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers. Deliver and preserve us. To you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. As often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Amen. Amen. 
Come, Lord Jesus. O Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, in giving us your body and blood to eat and to drink, you lead us to remember and confess your holy cross and passion, your blessed death, your rest in the tomb, your resurrection from the dead, your ascension into heaven, and your coming for the final judgment. So remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Let us pray. O God the Father, the fountain and source of all goodness, who in loving kindness sent your only begotten Son into the flesh, we thank you that you, for his sake, have given us pardon and peace in this sacrament. And we ask you not to forsake your children, but always to rule our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit, that we may be enabled constantly to serve you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Welcome to the Divine Service. A couple of announcements. Christmas Eve services are at 4 o'clock this afternoon, and then candlelight communion at 8 o'clock. Christmas Day, tomorrow at 
The same pattern is for next weekend. Um, the funeral for Lyle Wolin will be this coming Friday. Uh, visitation at 9.30 until time of service at 11. On New Year's Eve, there will be the regular services in the morning, the first Sunday after Christmas, and then the confessional service with individual absolutions at 5 o'clock on the afternoon of December 31st. New Year's Day is the naming and circumcision of Jesus. That will be at 9.30. So the New Year's Eve service is not the same as New Year's Day, and the morning of December 31st is not the same as any of the other ones. We will be continuing our um, Bible study this morning, and then next week um, on the Christmas narrative. So hope you will join us. We now have a special guest who just would like to greet you briefly and extend, <laughs> extend an invitation. Father Charles Wokama, direct from Nigeria. Uh, he flew from Port Harcourt, which is a rough area, into Lagos. Lagos to Atlanta, but had to stop for refueling. His plane was delayed and missed connections, and then he, he came to uh, Milwaukee, staying in the home of uh, Randy and Pam Kirk. Welcome, dear brother. I'm glad you're alive. <laughs> I'd like to know why all of you were giggling when he said briefly. Well, we've had experiences in the I know, past. I know, I know, I know. So, to make it brief, I wrote my points down. Outstanding. Okay. But I need my glasses. <laughs> I have this fake one for today. Good morning. Good morning. All right. First, I want to thank you. And listening to his sermon, I figured I don't need much to say. Um, I miss Christmas services. In Africa, I know that we don't have Christmas services, but Lord have mercy. Uh, I don't want to say anything. But I miss them, especially here. So I want to thank you all for joining or accepting, I don't know how to put it, that would make sense, but in God's plan of salvation, as you continue to reach out to those in need, especially the seminary students in Nigeria. Without your support, there is nothing we can do. I mean it, especially the individuals and peace, Lutheran as a family. Let me give you one example. For eight years, I've been in the mission field. I hate to say this. We've never had a restroom for faculty or students during classes. But now with your support, we were able to have a restroom, meaning I'm also, I have an office now where I can, in between classes, go and sit down, have a little nap if need be. 
And by the way, there is fun inside. So don't be scared. When next you come, I'll try and get a small fridge and put water inside for you. That is good. Yes. So I want to thank you for that. And um, please continue to help as much as possible. But I have another news. If you want to know more about what is going on now in the seminary, please pick one of these leaflets outside. There will be a small African dinner while we are doing the presentation next Saturday. It won't be that spicy, though. It will be normal. We might have three stages of spiciness. So you are invited to come and hear some more about the things we are doing back in Africa. And it will be next Saturday uh, between 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. Even if you want to come 10 p.m., that's fine. But you don't have to stay through. You can come in briefly and leave. So I know this is busy season. And if I don't come this time, I may not get all of you. So I'll give you some food that will warm you up from the cold. So. And, and it's going to be at the home of, of Randy and Pam Kirk. Yes. So kind of an open house between that period of time. So that's all. You see, that's good enough. That's good. And then June next year, we will have about um, 46 students graduating. Um, the reason why is not 60-something, um, 15 of them withdrew due to lack of funds. But we are still excited that this year we have some foreign students. Even in, even in Africa, we have foreign students. We have some students from Liberia in our seminary this year. So we are excited with that development. Once again, thank you very much for all your sincere support. And I hope to be with you for Christmas, New Year, and I run back. And I was still one of your members to Africa. So pray for me going with him to Africa. Not pray for him. <laughs> pray for me going with, you know who I mean. I don't want to mention him. Thank you all. God keep you all. Thank you. We'll see you later today.